are taking over your airwaves. In three, two, one. One, one, one. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, everyone, welcome to The Binge Buster Show. We are getting closer and closer to the end of the year. Just a couple more weeks left in the month of December. And hopefully, uh, at this point, uh, next year has got to be a better year. <laughs> let's let's hope for the best anyway, because um, uh, it is going to be uh, completely crazy if we repeat 2020 again. Um, but but this week, we're going to be talking uh, Slamboree 94, a Legends reunion. But before I can do that, I have got to bring on my co-hosts. I am talking about Jeff Patton and Chris Plano. Guys, what is going on? Hoy, Tony, thanks for having us back again. I, I can't believe we're one week away from Christmas here, and uh, boy, the 2020's flying by, and uh, uh, talking Slamboree 94 tonight. Looking forward to it. Jeff, what is going on with you this week, my friend? I know uh, working in uh, retail that, that, that you do, I know right now it's got to be a pretty crazy time. Yeah, just uh, it's been a crazy uh, week anyway, but uh, it's almost over and just a few more days of Christmas and uh, get Christmas out of the way and uh, hopefully things will calm down after that. Yeah. So uh, how was uh, – I know uh, last week um, – we uh, talked uh, Slamboree 93. Uh, this week we're going to be talking Slamboree 94. But it's hard to believe that uh, we only had just have like uh, one more one more show or two more shows before uh, the end of the year. And we start up in January with season three. I'm, I'm still kind of blown away that I'm, I'm, I'm on my third season of the Binge Buster show. I figured our fans would get tired of hearing my country accent and everything else, but uh, they uh, they keep downloading. So people, thank you for that. Thank you for uh, supporting the uh, Binge Buster show. And Chris and Jeff, and myself, we uh, we enjoy each week getting together uh, and reminiscing on the glory days of pro wrestling. Um, speaking of glory days, Jeff, this past week. Uh, one of our own had a special day, and uh, we can't let this go unnoticed. But we got to wish our own Chris Plano a happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Tony and Jeff. Uh, the, the day, the day kind of came and went. It was uh, this past Tuesday, and uh, hey, just another year. It's just a number. Hey, I always say, Chris, uh, the years might go up. But I stay young at heart, and I know you do. Uh, you're you're out there rocking and rolling, and uh, having you know the time of your life, and 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 I think that's that's the most important thing that, uh, especially during this uh, this time that we're living in, um, you got to stay active, you got to stay positive, you got to stay. And I know a lot of days it's hard to do that, but um, I want I want to share this story. So the other day. I'm uh, I'm headed into the uh, local post office here and um, going to drop off a couple packages to send out. And as I open the door, this uh, this this lady is is uh, there and I open the door for her and she's like, "Well, thank you so much." She said, uh, "You're a true gentleman, and not many of you are around." 
And I was thinking to myself, well, she don't really know me that well. She knew I'm not religious. Now I'm just teasing on that while I'm saying that. But, uh, but, but she did say, you know, she was talking about me being a gentleman holding the door for her. And, and, but, but the one thing that she said to me that really made me stop for a second and go, my God, she's right. She says, I want you to know that I'm smiling really big. I'm smiling really big. Even though you can't see it, I want you to know that I'm smiling. And the one thing I wish is I wish that you could see my smile because I wish I could see yours. And then she walked away. And I walked on in, dropped off my package. But those words from her really hit home with me. Like, I never thought about it like that until she said those words. Like, I'm smiling, but... I wish you could see it. So think about if she's thinking that way, think about how many people in the world are thinking at it right now. That's right. You, you, you never know. You never know when you're going to do something really nice for someone. And, and it, even the littlest things out there could totally uh, um, make their day. You just never know what one individual to the next is going through. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's totally crazy. Um, the time we're living in, but, uh, you know, we got to stay positive. And I think, um, you know, I know Chris, uh, you and I have been doing this podcast this whole year longer than, than Jeff and Jeff just kind of came along there the last couple of months. But it's the one thing that you and I have kind of said every week is like, well, maybe not much longer. And here it is almost a year later. And we're still not really anywhere more than where we were a year ago. Right. Yeah. I know it's tough. hopefully uh, better times. Twenty twenty one's around the corner here. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be good. But now on the flip side and positive side, one of the things that I want to talk about before we get into Slumbery ninety four, uh, Chris, uh, you messaged me earlier in the week. Uh, it was it was so funny, Jeff. I was watching this match right, and about twenty minutes later, Chris messages me and says, "Hey." I was just watching this match, and it was the same exact match. How crazy is that? <laughs> wow, deja vu. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like wow. Because I was watching the match where Barry Wyndham turns heel and joins the horseman, and literally 20 minutes later, Chris texted me and goes, hey, Tony, I just saw the coolest match when Wyndham turned on uh, Luger and joined the horseman. And, man, they were making some money then. I'm like, Oh my God, Chris! I was just watching that same match twenty minutes ago. <laughs> so good minds think alike. Or 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 social media follows us and pings <laughs> us with things to, to get to certain things that we're looking at. That <laughs> that could be it as well, my friend, for sure. Uh, well, this week we are going to be talking uh, Slamboree uh, ninety four. Um, now, if we can go back for just a minute. And uh, think about where were we in 1994? I can tell you, uh, in 1994, I was working for Burke County Wrestling. I was a rookie, and I didn't know shit about the wrestling business. I didn't know shit about myself at that point in time. But uh, but I remember being excited to see uh, this slamboree. Um, but when I went back and watched it a couple nights ago, it just didn't seem like. Slamboree 94 had the flair, uh, no pun intended, um, as Slamboree 93. It seemed like Slamboree 93 was, uh, you know, it had better matches, had a lot more going on. Uh, this one, um, it just seemed like everything was kind of thrown together. What What do you guys think? I'll have Jeff start first. Go ahead. I, I totally agree with you, Tony. Um, 
yeah, it just it just didn't have. I don't think they had as many um, other old timer guys wrestling. I think they only had like one match on the card, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, and yep. Uh, the, Terry, the year before there was like three matches, and yep, yeah, it just didn't have the same. And of course, I think at the time they were WCW was really going downhill. Uh, from where they were in 93. I mean, they just were continuing on that downward slope until I think, uh, you know, Bischoff took over and they started the NWO faction thing going on. Yeah, that, 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 was, for, that was for sure. Well, fans, we are going to get into this podcast here um, and uh, to learn uh, or teach, try, try to figure out, <laughs> uh, get my words right here on the podcast this week. But, uh, we're going to be talking Slamboree 94, a Legends reunion, coming up next on the Binge Buster Show. Tonight, hang on for the ride of your life as the past collides with the present. Take a step back in time with your favorite legendary greats and relive some of their finest moments in wrestling. Then, taking it to the mat, today's WCW superstars will place everything on the line, trying to make a little history of their own. Live from the city of brotherly love, ring the bell. It's World Championship Wrestling Slamboree 94, a Legends Reunion. Slamboree 94 was a second Slamboree pay-per-view produced by World Championship Wrestling. It took place on May 22, 1994 from the Philadelphia Civic Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. With an attendance of 4,000 fans, a night of legends, and a night with the classics. WCW Slamboree 94, a legends reunion. All right, fans, welcome back to the Binge Buster Show. Uh, we are talking Slamboree 94. Uh, one of the things that really caught my eye when I was doing this introduction was the attendance. Man, was that attendance down? <laughs> I would say so at the Philadelphia Civic Center. It definitely was uh, down. Interesting time for wrestling. Um, uh, you know, right in the backyard of ECW, uh, you know, as well. And, um, uh, yeah, 4,000 with the talent that was on this show uh, definitely raises some eyebrows for sure. One of the things that, that, um, that I noticed was some of the, like, like when, when the, when the pay-per-view started, they brought out all these legends on stage uh, and introduced them to the crowd. And I, I really feel like Philadelphia um, was definitely not a town to do something like this in. Uh, Chris, you, you kind of alluded to it there at the beginning when you talked about uh, Philadelphia was the the backyard for ECW. Um, during this time, the people of Philadelphia could care less, I think, about the old-timers or the legends, uh, whatever you want to call it. They were more, you know, they were, they were blood, guts, and gore and uh, wanted something totally different than your traditional uh, pro wrestling, but uh, any event they uh, they brought out some 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 of the uh, legends of wrestling uh, featuring Ole Anderson, Penny Banner, Red Bastine, Tully Blanchard, The Crusher, Don Curtis, Terry Funk, Vern Gagne, 
hard-boiled Haggerty, Larry the Axe Henning, Killer Kowalski, Ernie the Big Cat Lad, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, Angelo Mosca, Harley Race, Ray Stevens, Luthez, Johnny Weaver, Mr. Wrestling 2, and the um, sliding referee, my favorite referee of all time, Tommy Young. Uh, and then uh, also later in that night, um, the assassin Ole Anderson, Harley Race, Ernie Ladd, the Crusher, Dick the Bruiser were all inducted into the WCW Hall of Fame. Um, but incidentally on, you know, during this time, uh, it seems like from 93 to 94, they, they cut it, you know, they slimmed it down as as far as how many legends they had on the show, but it also just seemed like it was just kind of like thrown together. Yeah. Real quick about Philadelphia. I'm not, I'm not trying to put down the people of Philadelphia, but Philadelphia people are different than any other place in, in the United States. I mean, these are the, you're right, blood and guts and gore. And I mean, these are the same people that cheer when their starting quarterback gets injured. So, you know, I mean, I've seen them do that in a, in a football game. So, you know, they, <laughs> you know, if you're struggling, you know, if you represent their, the, you know, their city and you're struggling, you know, like if you're a sports, you know, and man, they'll, they'll let you have it, man. I mean, they're not, you know, they boo their own team if they lose a game. I mean, you know, they're, they're rough, uh, rough people to please. It's a rough uh, crowd. So, <laughs> yeah, they are a rough crowd. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, definitely different. And I agree, man, the, the attendance was terrible. Um, the show was really not that great. Um, and, but, uh, it was slavery 94. And like I said, we, you know, before WCW was on that downward spiral. Um, now I think also I might've seen an old clip of, um, uh, of an Eagles game back in the day where they were getting beat so bad and Santa Claus came on the field. They were throwing snowballs. At him, I think. It was out, <laughs> I've heard that. Yes. How bad it was during the Christmas season. I think that did happen at, at, at the old veteran stadium. I, I can see that. Uh, now as, as we're talking ECW now, one of the things that, that, that I just read was prior to Slamboree, WCW approached, uh, Eastern championship wrestling, which at the time was ECW. They haven't, they, at this point, they hadn't changed their name to EC, to, you know, extreme championship wrestling. They were still known as Eastern championship wrestling, but during this time they were uh, doing an event called when worlds collide. So they, uh, agreed, uh, I guess, I guess is a good word to let WCW come in and do this pay-per-view in their territory, so to speak. Um, in exchange, they would exchange talent, uh, for the for the two big shows where WCW had Slamboree, ECW had when Worlds Collide. So the talent exchange was, it, it almost seems like that ECW uh, came out ahead on this one because they pretty much traded, uh, or WCW traded two great talents for one talent from ECW. Uh, WCW agreed to let them use Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby Eaton uh, on their When Worlds Collide event, uh, in exchange, ECW would let Terry Funk come and work Slamboree. Uh, two for one on that one, the guys. <laughs> what do you think about that? I mean, 
I don't know. It just seemed like just there was some crazy stuff going on back then. I, I mean, uh, again, I don't know who, who would benefit more from from such you know trading of, of talent. Um, you know, I really think ECW at that time was really truly going in you know their own direction, and they they kind of had their product. They may have been able to benefit from a, a couple of guys, maybe, but. I don't know if that's a if that's more of a of a short term thing versus a, a long term kind of fix. It's tough to tell. Yeah, really crazy. Um, but now getting into the matches, uh, we did have have some pretty solid matches on this pay per view. Uh, one that was not showcased on the pay per view, but was a dark match that was that was presented there live in the arena. Um, one of my favorite tag teams of the nineties. Pretty wonderful. Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma uh, taking on two of the Armstrong brothers, uh, Brian Armstrong and Brad Armstrong. Uh, this match was a tag team match. Uh, it, it, it was pretty quick, it seems like, and um, pretty wonderful. Uh, ends up defeating uh, Brian Armstrong and Brad Armstrong. Um, but, then we, it, but then after this match, we go right into the pay-per-view and they start the pay-per-view out with a United States heavyweight title match. And at the time, uh, the rising star, stunning Steve Austin, the current United States champion, uh, defending against the bad man, Johnny B-Bad. Uh, this match will go 16 minutes, 12 seconds with Steve Austin defeating uh, Johnny B-Bad. Jeff, what, what are your memories on this match? The kiss that don't miss. Um <laughs> No, uh, man, Stunny, I, I, we've, I think we've talked about it before. You guys out to, you know, listen to the podcast. You probably, if you're young, you remember Stone Cold with shooting birds and cussing out, you know, Mr. McMahon and drinking beer and hell yeah and all this. Go back to WCW, watch Stunning Steve Austin. The man flat out could wrestle. I mean, I'm talking uh, grapple wrestle, um, you know, just an amazing performer in the ring. And, uh, yeah, Johnny B. Bad, I thought, was uh, he was okay. Uh, I know he was a, uh enhancement talent at one time and uh, had finally gotten a push and was kindly running a, you know, a, a gay gimmick. Uh, wearing lipstick and eyeliner and everything else and uh, lacy trunks. and But, uh, yeah, uh, this is a great matchup between those two. Well, I think I by – mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I think real quick, I mean, it's a testament that it's the longest match on the card as, as well, you know, yeah. going over, almost 17 minutes. And, you know, Austin was great back in the day. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, between you guys – I actually liked Johnny B. Bad. I mean, I did. I mean, never was he going to be a main event wrestler week to week, but I thought he, he worked well in WCW. It was a gimmick. It, it worked well, and, and he played the part well, and even was pretty good on the microphone, too, and I always liked him as a wrestler, and, you know, that's just coming from my viewpoint. Well, um, I've got a really cool Johnny B. Bad story that, that, that the listeners out there uh, will be entertained by, and uh, and I know Jeff and Chris will. So, uh, in night, I, I think we talked about this on another podcast, but in ninety two, ninety yeah, not in, in ninety two, 
WCW was about all but almost out of business, and they had came to the Greensboro Coliseum and they had advertised, uh, you know, if you're a student, uh, you can come in and get a ticket for five bucks or whatever. It was really cheap, right? So me and a group of people went, uh, my friends, we went, and um, Johnny B. Bad happened to be standing in the curtain area, uh, and I, I, I went over and got his autograph. So technically, he was the first wrestler I ever met, you know, in person. Um, and um, and and then later on that night, I got to meet, you know, Vader um, at a gas station, he and Harley Race, and uh, uh, we talked about that too. But fast forward, you know, 30 years later, I get into the wrestling business. I've wrestled. Uh, and got to work with uh, a lot of my childhood heroes and things like that. Well, uh, you know, I don't wrestle full-time, and I don't do this podcast full-time, but I do have a full-time career working for the great state of North Carolina in the school system. And um, I had just started working at this school, and um, I was I came into work that day, and my principal, my, my principal thinks it's the coolest thing ever, that I, that I was ever a wrestler or, or still wrestle. He thinks it's the neatest thing in the world, right? So, and he tells everybody, every time somebody comes in, he goes, hey, no, 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 that guy, Tony, he's a wrestler. You know, he, so he's always talking about it. Well, this this one specific day, um, I walk in and he goes, Tony, you got to come down to the gym. There, there's a wrestler down there I want you to meet. And he says to me, I don't think he was, a, I don't think he's really popular, but he goes around and speaks to all the kids. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, he goes, uh, his name is like Mark Merrow or something like that. I said, wait a minute. Are you telling me Mark Merrow is here in my school? And he's like, yeah, uh, he's down in the gym get, getting ready to, um, to, uh, do a, uh, uh, a seminar, you know, a, 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 a um, uh, an assembly and he's going to be talking to the kids and telling his testimony and, and, and tell the kids to off drugs. And I'm like, can I meet him? And he's like, sure, yeah, let's go down there. So uh, he takes me down to the gym, and we can't find Mark anywhere. And I'm like, God, you know? And then so by this time, it's, it's getting time for, for me to go to my class. And I'm like, I want, I really want to meet Mark because I want to tell him, hey, listen, in 1992 when I was a young punk kid, I met you at the Greensboro Coliseum, you know? And um, so I, I didn't get to meet him at that point. Um, so I went on back to my class and then throughout the day they're, 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 you know, they, 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 they called, you know, different, different classes to go down and, and talk with Johnny B. Bad, uh, Mark Merrow. And, uh, so it, when it was all over with, I go down there and I'm like, uh, I, I tell my principal, I'm like, Hey, can, 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 can I go there and see if I can see Mark and introduce myself? He said, yeah, sure. So I go back down there and Mark is about to walk out the door and I'm like, uh, Mark, Mark, you know? Like like I, like I knew him on a, on a first name basis, and he turns around and I'm like, "Hey, Mark," I said, "Listen, you know, I introduced myself to him and I told him I said, listen, um, in 1992, uh, I came to watch WCW in Greensboro and you were the first wrestler I met. I said, and as a matter of fact, I still have your autograph at home in my in my photo album, and uh, he said, "Oh, that is so cool," and I said, and and by the way, I said, you know, that night I met you. Um, I never, I, I, in my wildest dreams, I, I wouldn't have known just a few months later, I would be going to a wrestling camp and learning to wrestle. I said, but, um, but, you know, thank you for, you know, paving the way for all of us. And he's like, no, thank you. Thank you for, um, having a dream and living out your dreams. Because I think that's the most important thing in the world is, 
if everybody needs to have a dream and everybody needs to do their best to achieve their dream. And, um, and I, and I, and I thought that was really cool. The fact that, you know, uh, life has kind of come around to a circle. You know, I, I met him in 92, had no idea that I'd ever be a wrestler or in the ring. And then, you know, 30 years later, 28 years or whatever it is, um, I'm telling him, Oh yeah, by the way, I was a wrestler. And, uh, and then he just looked at it like, okay, well you had a dream and you fulfilled your dream. Um, he's a very positive person. So, uh, people out there listening to the podcast, if you, um, if, if you really want to, um, look at yourself in the mirror in a different way, uh, I suggest you go on YouTube or, or go on the Facebook and like Mark Mara's page and just watch some of his videos, man, to give you goosebumps. Jeff and Chris have, have, have either one of you guys got, got to listen to any of his, his speeches? I have not personally. No. Jeff, no, you okay? No. Well, you you guys need to do it because I'm telling you that <laughs> you talk about a motivational speaker. That guy will man, his speaking was a whole lot better than his wrestling. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. He he he, and like you can tell, you know, a a lot of these motivational speakers that you go out and watch is like you you, you see them, but you know the thing they're saying that they're, they're it's just a it's 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 a speech that they have memorized. Johnny's is, or Mark's is totally different than that. I mean, it's like it's from his heart. And, like, you can tell when he's when he's talking to the kids that are on drugs or they've lost their parents or whatever the case may be, like, you can tell he genuinely does care for them, which I think is uh, pretty amazing. So, Mark, um, you got free um, uh, free advertising on the Binge Buzzer show tonight. Uh, now, let's get back to the uh, to the to the podcast in hand. Slambury 94. Uh, Steve Austin, Johnny B. Bad, 16 minutes, 12 seconds. Uh, Steve Austin retains the title. Now we go to our Legends match, and this match is one of the matches, guys, I thought was going to be a really good match. Turns out it was a big cluster. Uh, Terry Funk taking on Tully Blanchard. They go 7 minutes, 15 seconds to a double DQ, and here's the backstory behind this. Uh, Going into this deal, it was only supposed to be just like a legends um, um, uh, match, you know. Neither one of them were signed to WCW, but however, Tully Blanchard was under the impression he was going to go there, have this match, and get re-signed to WCW. Um, turns out Terry Funk had already done that. <laughs> he he got there early in the day. He uh, solidified a contract, and then once they got there, Tully's like, "I'm not doing the job." That ain't happening. I'm not signed to WCW. I'm not dropping a pin. <laughs> and uh, and it turned in almost like a shoot fight there for a little bit, and it turns into a double DQ. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you on this one. <laughs> what are your thoughts of Terry Funk and Tully Blanchard, both men coming to the building thinking they're both going to get a contract, uh, and T- Terry is the one that ends up with the contract? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I think. Maybe Tully was going going into thinking, well, you know, I was with them, you know, many years at the NWA and loyalty and things like that, and so they'll take care of me. But maybe some times have changed. Um, you know, I even read in some certain blogs that Blanchard didn't even really want to do this match um, no. after everything that went down, and but obviously did it. And I don't know. I mean, Terry Funk's going to be Terry Funk in the ring, no matter who he's taking on. So he's going to have. He's not going to hold anything back. <laughs> so, Definitely uh, not. You know, obviously with his feuds with Flair and everything. So, 
I mean, so for Tully, probably <laughs> not one of the best opponents to go up against, but uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I always, and, and listen, Tully Blanchard wrestled for me many times. Um, you know, it was always a great guy was always there, but uh, I don't know. Old school mentality. Something's always owed to him, kind of thing, as, as well on the other end. Well, I, I'll I'll tell you guys a Tully story. So one one time, uh, several years ago, probably around ninety seven ish, ninety eight, um, there was a uh, and I won't mention the names, but there was a a guy running some legend shows around the um, Lenore area. And uh, on this specific night, he had this big, long table of all these legends. I'm talking, we, there was Tully Blanchard was there, and there was um, Bobby Fulton was there, uh, Greg Valentine. Uh, I mean, there there were probably at least 20, I'd say 15 to 20 stars on this, on this card. And um, so a friend of mine and I decided that we were going to go up and uh, talk to Tully and see – you know, because at the time, Tully really, Tully wasn't making very many appearances. Um, but he was pushing, you know, being a preacher and everything. So I'm like, well, let's, let's just go talk to Tully. So we go there and my friend, uh, uh, looks at Tully and says, Hey, Tully, listen, um, I run shows around the high point area. I would love to, to book you on some of my shows. And Tully goes, yeah, I'd love it too, but you can't afford me. Just like that. And my buddy kind of looked at him like waiting for Tully to start laughing, thinking it's a joke. Right. And Tully's like, uh, the reason he goes, he goes, please, please guys. Now I want you to know, I'm not being a jerk when I say that. I'm just saying that I don't think there, there's enough money out there to get me to want to wrestle. Like I, I do these autograph sessions, but if you're wanting me to work, um, I, I, I don't think there's enough money out there to get me to get me back. So at first we thought he was going to be a jerk. You know, he, he was just being cocky, you know. But here's the funny thing. So at the time we're talking to Tully, uh, right beside of him is Bobby Fulton. Bobby literally reaches over Tully and hands us his phone number. <laughs> That's Bobby for you. <laughs> and he's like, brother, I too fit, you know. And I was like, okay, okay, Bobby, I, we'll we'll definitely keep your number, and, and of course we did, but and, and and we ended up booking him. So, but uh, but I thought that was uh, you know, like my friend was a huge Tully Tully Mark, and for, when Tully told him he couldn't afford him, like his his heart was crushed. But then Tully was like, listen, I'm I'm not being a jerk. I just don't think there's enough money out there to get me to come wrestle. Uh, but uh, then a few years later, he done that little legends thing, um when they'd done that pay-per-view where um, Jake wasn't in the best of, of, of shapes on that one, but, uh, but, but totally come out of retirement. And uh, I think on that card, he wrestled Stan Lane um, uh, on that pay-per-view, if I remember right. But uh, anyway, uh, that, that was my Tully story. Yeah. And man, I mean, whoever booked this match, I mean, you're a complete idiot. I don't know who it was, but I mean, you know, uh, to book two guys that are known to as heels, uh, you know, in your legends match against each other, yeah. uh, not not really the smartest right. thing to do. I mean, especially when you got a heel with as much heat as Tully ha- always has had. And uh, yeah, I mean, Tully's always been, 
you know, I, I just kind of knew that it wasn't going to be as great. We were, we were just hoping, man, if they, you know, and, uh, you know, totally get screwed again. You know, I mean, he got screwed in 88 yep. or 89 and, you know, Heard screws him again or whoever's doing the booking for WCW. I don't know if Heard was still there or not, but, uh, yeah. No, I I think at this time, uh, Bob, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Cowboy, uh, um, Chris, help me out with his name here. Um, it wasn't Bill Watts. Bill Watts, yeah. Bill Watts was yeah. booking during this time. Oh wow! He had he had and the he book. Would, he would rather he would rather ha- and it totally worked for Bill. Yeah. At yeah. one time, so mm-hmm. it's like, man, why would you know? Why wouldn't you? And you know, it's like in you know in '89. I mean, just just think about it for a minute. What if they would have let Tully come back? In eighty nine, WCW would would have. I mean, they 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 would have been in exactly. the best shape of their life. The horsemen, yeah. the four horsemen, Ric Flair, Barry Windham, Tully Blanchard, and Arn Anderson would have been reunited. Just think mm-hmm. of the money they would have made. Yep, and whole, it was all because Flair. of Jim Hurd that they didn't they didn't do it. Yep, it's, it's yeah, terrible. And then the defecting of who was going to WWF, you know, later years later. I mean, that may never even have occurred with with. with with several guys. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, um, you know, overall and yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, re-signing Tully in 94, mm, I don't know, <laughs> but 89 makes a lot more sense to me. Oh, yeah. And I heard that the finish, yeah, the finish was supposed to be there. The, the, from what Tully said in one of his shoot interviews, is the finish was supposed to be, Terry was supposed to uh, set two chairs together and he was supposed to pile drive Tully through the chairs and Tully said, I'm not taking that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you're not doing that to me. No. <laughs> yeah. At that time, I think wow. Terry, Terry was definitely off his rocker. So, um, kind of, kind of a sad, you know, uh, for us old school guys to be ripped off from a, uh, from a great, right. um, pay review or, or, you know, a great legends match. Um, Speaking of legends, going on to the next one, um, this match uh, is is eleven minutes thirty seconds. Uh, the living legend Larry Zabisco taking on Lord Stephen Regal. Uh, Zabisco ends up winning this match. Um, wasn't for any kind of title or anything like that. They had like a little feud going on, and uh, that pretty much was over as fast as it started on this one. Uh, but now going to our next one, uh, this one is one of the matches that I, I watch and I laugh and I've told the story, the backstory uh, on other pay, on other podcasts. Um, but we got Dustin Rhodes taking on Bunkhouse Buck in a bull rope match. Um, now, they had another, um, uh, another match, I believe, uh, on another pay-per-view right before this one. Um, but, uh, but Dusty... Uh, and it was a bunkhouse match. So, so I think they had like three different matches. They had a match and then they had a bunkhouse and then they had this bull rope as the blow off. But, um, and the bunkhouse match was so cool. Uh, and I, and I've told the story and I'm gonna tell it real quick again, but, um, but bunkhouse buck, uh, and Dustin are fighting and they're going all over the place. They're in the floor and Dustin brings out a one by two 
and uh and he told buck that you know hey i want you to i want you to hit me with this stick you know on the floor and buck's like i don't know dustin that thing's awful small if i if i hit you with it, it's gonna break he goes ah no it, it'll be fine well it wasn't fine buck ends up hitting dustin in the back and it breaks and goes flying into the crowd and it hit hits this mark and when i talked to buck about it and uh, buck was like yeah here's what happened and he tells me the story um and he says that when he hit dustin and it it splintered off and flew into the crowd it hit a mark and that mark was like i'm gonna sue you i'm gonna sue you and jimmy golden which is bunkhouse buck he in his country accent he, and the cameraman is right in his face when he says it's so cool but he says sit down geek sit down you stupid bastard and it's so funny the way he says it so now every time i run into jimmy golden and he sees me he's he'll 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 go sound geek sound you stupid bastard <laughs> he says it to me because he knows i'm gonna crack up <laughs> and and every time i see him i'm like buck you need to say that to the crowd out there he said oh i can't do that brother <laughs> i can say it to you though and uh so uh, i thought that's pretty cool though but uh but this match bull rope match uh 12 minutes 47 seconds dustin Rhodes uh over on bunkhouse book with colonel robert parker uh and i've i've spent some time with robert parker too he's just as funny as as bunkhouse buck and uh and in reality guys the they are related they're uh, i think brother-in-laws but um anyway uh jeff i'll start with you on this match uh dustin Rhodes bunkhouse buck bull rope match uh what are your thoughts Oh, great match. Uh, uh, Dustin Rose, I thought, was uh, a really good uh, wrestler, and I, I loved Bunkhouse Buck. Uh, the first time I met him, uh, uh, I really liked him. He's just a really cool guy, down to earth. Uh, and I remember he had the little <laughs> – he had the two uh, weights or wheels with the rod and he oh, was yeah. laying on the yeah. he was laying on his knees and he his uh you know loosening up his back before yep. his match he rolled that little thing and yep. it was funny yeah, I mean I can't really describe how he was doing it but it's funny uh watching him warm up before he go out and wrestle yeah yeah and uh I'll never forget uh I had booked him for a show and I said, uh, I said, Buck, I said, I got you on this card. I said, we're, we're going to do a tag match, a, ta- uh, a bunkhouse tag. I said, it's going to be you and me uh, taking on my cousin and a guy named Donnie. I said, but matter of fact, I said, uh, you've, you've worked Donnie before. And, and Buck is so funny. He's like, well, Tony, now, now don't put me in the ring with somebody that's going to hurt me. And I'm like, Buck, listen, ain't nobody going to hurt you, I promise. And it turns out. <laughs> You remember this match, Jeff? Uh, he was out there and he, and he was beating the crap out of Donnie. Donnie was Donnie was was screaming because Buck was remember Buck Buck was 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 whipping him with the belt yeah. on my card, and and Donnie starts yeah. screaming and 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 Chris uh, Buck Buck goes, "Hey Tony, we got him squealing like a pig now, don't we?" <laughs> was, oh gosh, I was laughing my butt off. And then we get done with wow. the match. We get done with the match and get back to the back. And, and Buck's like, Donnie, brother, you okay? And Donnie's like, yeah, brother, it was good. Good and snug. And Buck goes, that's how I like it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. You remember that, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, he was hitting Donnie so hard with that belt. I'm over there with Mark. And Mark goes, 
you better stay with me on this one because I, I don't want to be like Donnie and be, be over there screaming. I said, no, nah, he ain't going to do that to you. I said, Donnie must have must have stiffed him, and he's getting Donnie back. <laughs> but wow. that – but. But but that's how they worked. I mean that, that that was bunkhouse book for you. Um, now going on to our next match. Now this match has a little back backstory because in '94, uh, WCW was trying their best to um, or, or they were they were they were toying with the idea of signing Hulk Hogan. And I think at this point they were talking to him, but he hadn't made a decision yet. Um, or maybe he had signed and they were just playing it up. But I- any event, they were teasing the people making the people think that Hulk Hogan was coming to WCW because bunk out or Colonel Robert Parker came out there and was challenging Hulk or Ric Flair for the world title. And he's telling him I'm going to bring in a blonde headed 300 pound former world heavyweight champion. And now all the people are thinking it's Hulk Hogan. Turns out it's Barry Windham. And when, whenever Barry is coming out from the ring uh, down the aisle, uh, Tully, uh, Tony Schiavone makes, he makes a statement. He says, my God, when you look at what's walking to the ring and Barry was over 300 pounds. I had never seen Barry this big in my entire life. Um, this match goes 13 minutes, 21 seconds, and definitely not a classic Barry Ric Flair match that we were accustomed to seeing from back in 1987. Chris, I'll start with you on this match. Um, what are your thoughts, Ric Flair, Barry Windham? Uh, I, I mean, at first glance, you got to think main event on the show. <laughs> I mean, in any in any arena, you know, in their prime, um, you know, you would think you're going to get a, a, a great match no matter what out of them. Obviously, Windham was out of shape here. You know, Flair is going to give it his all no matter what, especially coming in as, as the champion on. If it's a pay-per-view, if it's a house show, or if it's a TV taping, you know what you're going to get from Ric Flair. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the third-to-last match on the show. It's not the main event on the show. It, it's, it, it's just there. Um, you know, I don't know about the Hulk Hogan tease thing. I, I get where they're coming from there, and obviously he came in, you know, some a month or two later, but... Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it probably could have. I mean, the match definitely wasn't, from what I read, one of their best by any means. Though, if you're, you know, a wrestling guru, you, you know, you're going to watch it no matter what. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, um, it was a good match. Uh, it just wasn't a classic, and of course, Barry was not in the best shape of his life during this one. Um, and and I and I think uh, Wyndham was was still a little upset that Flair left, came back. As soon as he came back, first match out, they put Flair and Wyndham together, and Flair ends up you know taking the title. Um, but uh, thirteen minutes twenty one seconds, uh, it, it it was a, it was an okay match, but like I said, it wasn't the best. Jeff, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you guys. Just uh, was let down. First of all, you know. You let the fans down because everybody thinks, oh, my gosh, Hulk Hogan's coming, and he doesn't come. And then you bring out a, uh, an out-of-shape Barry Windham who can't perform to Barry Windham's, uh, you know, past wrestling uh, in the ring. And, and then you have the, the match that just wasn't all that great. And, again, you let the fans down. So, Yeah, um, 
unfortunately, uh, they um, they uh, definitely um, built it up, and and like you said, they they had everybody thinking, hey, uh, you know, this is it, man. Uh, he's uh, he's coming in. It's going to be uh, Hulk Hogan for sure, and it turns out it was Barry Windham. Um, but then uh, from there, uh, you know. This right here, like like I'm, I'm with you guys, should have been the main event. But it turns out uh, we have a match specifically just for the great fans there in uh, in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan taking on the Nasty Boys uh, in a Broad Street Bully match for the WCW Tag Team Titles. Uh, they call it a Broad Street Bully, but it's really a street fight. Um now, Cactus Jack actually replaced an injured Dave Sullivan uh, in this match. Um, this match will go 9 minutes, 56 seconds, and they beat each other with everything they can get their hands on. And they have a special guest referee, Dave Schultz, uh, hockey player for uh, the, for Philadelphia, um, is a special guest referee. This match was definitely just a special attraction for the fans right there in in. Uh, and Philadelphia, and during this match, they're all chanting ECW, ECW, uh, because basically, this is what it is: is ECW match. I mean, they 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 kill each other. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you on this one. Nine minutes fifty six seconds of street fighting. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's what you got. I mean, you, you know, you got Cactus Jack in there. You know, Kevin Sullivan. You know what you're going to get. And the Nasty Boys. Hey, you know, and uh, you know, even in their you know, you know, WCW days and they're in the WWF. I mean, you know, I mean, you're going to just get a brawl and all four of those guys like to brawl. I, I, I've, I've had the nasty boys work for me a couple of times in the past and, 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 and that, that's what they like. I mean, you know, that's, that's them. That's what they do. Um, that's what you're going to get. And so it's, uh, you know, pretty straight, you know, forward with them. And, uh, I did look up Dave Schultz, um, uh, at this current time, and I think that record probably still is intact, uh, it had the most penalty minutes ever by a player in the NHL as an enforcer and a fighter. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was his claim to fame with the uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers. I, I Googled them real quick, and I'm sure probably that record is standing today or pretty close. But, uh, um, you know, I get the angle there as the referee, and you're going to just get that. He probably had no control of the match from when the bell rang. Yeah, it was definitely a uh, – it was out there, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, just real quick, think mm-hmm. about it. They only sold 4,000 tickets when they had the goon from your hockey team as a referee. <laughs> they had possibly Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan, and, of course, it didn't happen. They had Terry Funk, who was the one of the biggest stars in ECW, you know, so it's crazy. And then, of course, they had all the legends. But the fact that they had that that on their card and still couldn't draw, that's kind of crazy. It just... Yeah, it, it is. You know, and, and me, you know, it, it is still, you know, Philadelphia is WWF territory, you know, as, as well. ECW made great, great inroads in that area. There's no doubt about or even debating that. But... Um, I don't know. It's just it just seems awfully low to me, just overall, and and where wrestling was at this time, and 
you know, maybe where things were going or, or even was WCW hitting Philadelphia on a regular basis and it was just more of a, a spot show than anything else that was a pay-per-view. Well, yeah. just think about it. Yeah, six years ago, um, in 88, isn't this where the Midnight Express defeated the uh, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson to win the NWA World Tag Team title? Yes, was it sure packed. was, Jeff. Mm-hmm. It was packed. Right. The deal. So, yeah, quite a difference. Yeah. Right. I mean, Philadelphia was a stop on the Great American Bash. I mean, it was just, you know, where were they at this point? You know, were they even, were, was it more just, uh, you know, we're coming to Philadelphia in May and let's see what the heck's going on? Yeah. I, I, I think that that was definitely it. And, uh, but, uh, you know, to, to, totally different times for sure. Uh, now we're going to our main event. Now this match was supposed to have been originally uh, Sting taking on Ravishing Rick Rude, uh, but Rude um, had to be replaced uh, by Sting. Um, I'm sorry, I, I, I said it wrong. Vader was originally scheduled to wrestle Rick Rude, but then uh, Sting had to replace Rude because uh, when they were over in Japan, uh, Rude actually suffered a career-ending back injury uh, while while working a match with Sting. Um, so this match is for what they which which was normally originally called right before this the NWA Heavyweight Title. Uh, NWA pulled out of WCW, um, so they kept the belt, but they renamed it the WCW International World Heavyweight Title. Now that name just sounds redundant to me to begin with. Um, but in any event, Sting taking on Vader and Sting wins the title back, uh, 13 minutes, 54 seconds. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you on this one. WCW international world heavyweight title. Come on. What kind of name for a belt is this? I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously they were recognizing both the world heavyweight championship and, and the international world heavyweight championship at this time. Um, Coincidentally, both this match and Flair's match went almost the same exact time limit. Um, if that's by design or not, I'm not sure. Um, you know, obviously, the Sting and Vader were up top, and, and Flair and Wyndham were not. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, great for Sting. Sting going over in this match. Um, you know, obviously, probably the most popular wrestler in WCW at this time from a from a from a you know, a baby face standpoint. So, I mean, you're going to get what you're going to get. I mean, and Sting and Vader had great matches, I mean, throughout their storyline. So, I mean, you know, it just, you know, it just, where was WCW going with this? But, uh, oh, I'm sorry, sort the vacant international champion, but still, obviously, Sting going over here. But, you know, interesting times, to say the least. I would not think this would be the main event on on the show, but obviously it was. Yeah. Um, and, and, and as far as like, imagine how good this match would have been Vader versus Root. I, I'd love, I would love to have saw that match for sure. Um, but sting and Vader have, you know, they, they definitely had a uh, history behind them. Um, some of the matches they had from 92, um, were very intense and, probably of all the guys that ever worked with Vader in WCW, I think sting, uh, probably had the best chemistry with him. Um, 
But either event, uh, you know, this match to be the the main event on this show uh, just kind of goes to show you just where the booking or how dumb the booking was uh, during this time of WCW. Um, guys, you guys have any final thoughts on Slamboree 94? Jeff, I'll start with you. Um, yeah, just to me, I mean, I think I remember watching this and it was just, it was just a disappointment. I mean, you know, you spend your money. I can't remember how much it was. I guess it was 40 to $50 at the time. And, um, you know, it's just, to me, it was, you know, I feel like I was wasted my money. I mean, you know, there were a couple of good matches, but then there was just, I mean, it just it wasn't the same as 93. I mean, you know, but, uh, it is what it is. Uh, it'll go down no matter what. And then, uh, they had a couple, well, the one title change, right? That was the only title change was, uh, the international title. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then the, the, uh, legends match was a disappointment. So all in all, uh, you know, I'd give it a three out of 10, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, with you I, on I would, that. I would say so. And then there's a lot of bleed over here from the WWF. I mean, you got Bobby Heenan was commentating, Gene Okerlund, Jesse Ventura. I mean, there's some bleed over as well, just, you know, talent moving around. Um, you know, if you take away the dark match, four, five, six of the seven matches were singles matches on the show. Um, beside the tag team matches, was the, which was the semi-main. Um, just, it was just an interesting time. Um, you know, as I say every week, if you're a wrestling fan, it was a great time to be a wrestling fan. If that was your thing back in 94, was it the best pay-per-view WCW ever put on? <laughs> Not even close, but uh, a testament to all the legends that were on there, too. And, and respectful to all those legends that were on there, I just don't think a lot of them that were on this particular pay-per-view just resonated with wrestling fans in, in the Pennsylvania area, the Philly area, or even up towards the Northeast. I think uh, a lot of them were more, were more Southern-based and, and, and out in the Midwest, and, and it might have resonated more better in a, in a different city. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, but I, I feel like when, when, when they do these events like this, like Slamborees, if they had let kind of goes back to the Crockett area, if Crockett had left Starcade in Greensboro, Crockett would probably still be in business. And I feel like if WCW wanted to, wanted to do a cool, a great, um, you know, uh, show uh, for the uh, for the legends, then they should have left it in Atlanta or brought it to Greensboro, someplace in the Southern Belt. Uh, I believe it it would definitely would have been a better draw. Totally agree with you on that one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, May's a tough time. I mean, it really, really is. you got, you know, spring, summertime. And in Philadelphia in May, they've got, you know, they got basketball going. they got baseball going. Hockey's going. It's a huge sports city. And it just, you know, right up on Memorial Day weekend. And, like, where did this kind of fit in in Philadelphia? Was it the right time to be doing it? And, you know, it's an interesting city, like, like Jeff said prior to, earlier in the show and it's, it, they're very loyal and, um, and I, you know, I, and I think, it, I think it showed by the turnout and I don't know what the buy rate was on this show overall from a pay-per-view standpoint, but I think it showed at least from a live standpoint. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, you know, all in all, I mean, it, 
like like I'm a Jeff. I give it a three out of ten. Um, you know, it, it did have some solid matches on there, even though it just seemed like it was uh, thrown together. Uh, but now, fans, next week is Christmas Day. Uh, the Bench Buster Show will not be airing on our normal Wednesday or Thursday, uh, but we will be having a uh, a show Christmas Day. Uh, so whenever you get done, open up your gifts. Uh, you get done eating the ham and the turkey, and you get done hearing all the kids fight over whose whose toy belongs to who, and you want to uh, escape uh, and put the headphones on and listen to the world famous binge buster show uh then chris and jeff and myself are going to have a christmas edition of the binge buster show um and on that show we are going to be talking clash of the champions four uh that took place december 7th 1988 uh with a cool tagline of seasons beatings uh and that's going to be the podcast for next week on christmas day um, we got about five big matches on that card that we're going to be uh, breaking down for you. Um, but Chris, Jeff, you guys have any parting words before we go off the air tonight? Um, no, great, great show. Uh, looking forward to, to next week and the couple of shows left we have in uh, 2020. And I, I know we got some big things planned for 2021 and uh, we'll be right up on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day next week. It's going to be good. Jeff, you got anything? I think Chris sums it up. It's going to be an interesting uh, last two podcasts and uh, of the year, and uh, and we'll look forward to 2021. Sounds good. Well, fans, make sure you go download us on your favorite podcast platform and go like our Facebook page. Give us a a like and uh, uh, you know message us on our Facebook page. You know, I, it, it may take me a, a minute to get back to you, but I will get back to you. Or throw us a comment. Tell us what you might like to see differently. Uh, on the shows next year, uh, the the very first Binge Buster show, um, uh, season three, uh, is set to air. Uh, let me check my calendar here, but I think it's set to air on January the 6th. That will be our New Year's edition, uh, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, but uh, other than that, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on Christmas Day. So stay tuned. We'll see you next week on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.